Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Aisha with Pod Clubhouse, and I'd like to introduce you to our newest member of the Clubhouse, Ashley. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. Super excited to be here. This is my first time ever podcasting. I'm super green at this, so I'm really excited. Ashley, I am no expert here, okay? <laughs> Let's set the scene. We are just like two girlfriends <laughs> trying to talk about this new show that we've got coming up. And we're here yes. to discuss Netflix's newest sitcom, Black mm-hmm. AF. Hashtag. Right. Hashtag. Black. Don't forget right. the hat. You can't forget the hashtag. <laughs> of course, of course. All right. So this show is from creator Kenya Barris. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know, or aren't familiar with him. He's the creator behind Blackish, Mixedish, Grownish. Right. Girls Trip. Top remember model? that movie? Yeah, top right. model, right? <laughs> America's not top model. He co-wrote mm-hmm. Shaft from 2019. Yes. And The Game. So he's got quite the resume. I and mean, he's got he's got this new Netflix deal going on. Mm-hmm. And he also, I, I guess it was mentioned in the show, the first episode, he's also working on uh, Coming to America, which I'm really excited about. Yes, I did pick up on that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. We, yes. I think everybody's kind of heard that that was coming back, right? I mean, that's not right. a new thing. Right. We all just ready with our popcorn, Absolutely. ready to see that, because that is <laughs> quite the... Uh, iconic American movie for me. I loved it. So I'm excited to see what it's going to what's going to happen. So set the scene about the show, set it up for us. Well, I think it's important to sort of give a disclaimer that this is going to be an explicitly uh, racially conscious conversation, uh, Mm -hmm. but tastefully done, right? So I mean, the show brings up various racial topics that are perhaps touchy in certain circles, but Mm -hmm. we're excited to discuss and unpack them nonetheless. So um, I think, you know, getting into various themes of what it means to be black in America, and Kenya Barris's unique perspective, uh, particularly are super intriguing. So here we go. I agree. I agree. I agree. So this whole show is basically done in a documentary style. Right. So the youngest, it starts off with the young, with, excuse me, the oldest of their children. And she is applying to NYU film school. And so she's making a documentary about their lives. Right. And Drea. So can, Drea. So mm-hmm. Drea is making this documentary, which is kind of funny. A side note, I have a <laughs> child that's going to college myself next year and she wants to go to film school. So I was mm. immediately drawn into this and I pulled my child and I was like, you have to watch this with me. I just had to tell you that, tell everybody that, because that made me just kind of really feel attached to the show already. Right. But so she's doing this thing and he's playing himself. So he is Mm -hmm. a Hollywood showrunner, creator. With that, you can imagine the wealth that he may have, that he has. And exactly. With this documentary, he put together (laughs) a seven man crew for his daughter in unlimited funds on the equipment and and have you not all that stuff right so it, it's kind of funny how she says i could have just done this on my galaxy and I, that <laughs> that was a great aside I was that. it funny or what yes. so yeah I, I i think it's so interesting that kenya barris chose the voice of drea to narrate the majority of this mockumentary or fictionalization of his life I find it interesting how the show is his commentary on himself. And I've I've watched Blackish, so personally I see such a connection between 
Drea's character and the oldest daughter in Blackish. Uh, and yeah, I find so yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I agree. I agree. I see a lot of similarities for sure. I guess we should just step right into the cast, right? The characters. Sure. Yeah. Um, the family, really. So the family is, they're all obviously actors. They're not his family. This is not, right. you know, so it's fictionalized. And so his wife is played by the lovely Rashida Jones mm-hmm. and hilarious, mm-hmm. like lovely and hilarious. <laughs> she is so funny. And we've got the six kids. So let's go into the, we talked about Drea. She's the right. oldest. Drea's no, the oldest. No, sorry. She's not the oh, oldest. Oh, no. She's Chloe's, the, Chloe's, Chloe's the, the oldest. oldest. Right. Right. So tell, tell me, you tell me the, the characters. <laughs> okay. So we've got Chloe, a.k.a. Bear B. Uh, <laughs> she's 18. She's in college already. Drea's applying to NYU film school. Mm-hmm. Then I, I don't know if I'm going in order here, but I'm just going to go down my list. Jojo is Rashida Jones' character. That's his wife, mm-hmm. and she's mixed, so it's it's she's biracial. So that's an interesting reference to Kenya Barris's ex-wife, I think, in real life. Oh, um, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go, we're gonna let's get mm. into that a little bit later. Okay, I like <laughs> right, it. We'll, we'll we'll put a pin in that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Izzy is known as Stink, and she's twelve. Or 13. I've I saw 12, but then Drea mentions that she's 13, so I'm not sure which. Cam is the middle child, and he's seemingly always in trouble. (laughs) Or one of the middle children. (laughs) There's Pops, who is considered the moist towelette of the family, which I find (laughs) hilarious. The way they Uh, describe... (laughs) Wait a minute, we have to stop, because... The way that they describe this poor child, and we were rolling just listening to... And then listen, and then when he comes onto the scene and he is so distraught about nobody oh, I remembering know. his birthday, I wanted to just, I mean, I was he like, says, he says the teacher wrote it up there on the board next to the homework. So everyone knew nobody could have missed it. <laughs> nobody, nobody saw it. I mean, I was like, right. oh, please. They only cared about the donuts. That was adorable and sad. And he's so, so um, existential and introspective. I find Ex- that really, oh, for his I love age, it. you know, yes, for, his, for age. his age, yeah. And there's baby Brooklyn, who has a great handle on the English language. (laughs) (laughs) I was very impressed. Three years old. And he he was like, mommy, I shit my diaper. And I was like, wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. Was great. So uh, I think that's all the kids. Okay. Uh, So that's the, that's who we got in the family. And right, right. The funny thing is, is that they've got this kind of chaos in mm-hmm. their family, right? That mm-hmm. I think they all just thrive in, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kenya's just sitting there on the couch most of the time on his laptop doing work in the middle of the boys, you know, shooting Nerf guns around him and the girls on their phones and talking and everything. And it's just normal. And they've got nannies and housekeepers and assistants and everything going right. on. So. I think that it's quite interesting how their family dynamic works, but we see real quickly how they um, they live in that right. f- in this first episode. So we get a good handle on that, and mm-hmm. and I love that. Okay, so as we get into this show, did you assume that this was going to be like this when you first heard of the show at all? No, I actually. The funny thing is, I had no clue it was a fictionalization until I started watching and I said, oh, wait really? a minute, this doesn't seem right. I when I saw You thought it was a reality I, show? I thought it was a reality show. I thought it was more of an inside look into Kenny oh. Barris's life and his mm-hmm. family. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not really his wife. And then I started to put two and two together from there. So I wasn't really plugged in until that first episode uh, when I realized, you know, okay, this is this is going to be great. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess I, maybe that's good to know for people who are possibly wanting to watch the show and maybe they're mm -hmm. going to listen to this podcast first and they think, you know, is this some sort of reality show? So it's not. It's fictionalized for sure. But it's for sure. I'm sure he brings in a ton of his real life, obviously. It's it's uh, sort of a rated R version of Blackish, to be honest, from my perspective. Do you think? Um, mm hmm. Definitely. Like R, like, R like PG 13 or like R? Oh, R for R. sure. <laughs> Definitely are. Okay. Once uh -huh. we get into it, yeah, probably are. I would say so. <laughs> right. I would say. All right. Well, let's talk about the assistant. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love him. Okay. And Tell me his name. I I have oh, blanked. Gosh. I blanked on this poor man's name. I did too. What's his name? <laughs> He's the Jewish guy. The Jewish, Jewish assistant. Actually, wait. Barris calls him the Jewish boy. The Jewish boy. <laughs> so I don't know his name. I'm going to go with Jewish boy for now. <laughs> we'll oh, clarify whenever, I guess. <laughs> so when he when he comes in on the scene, it's yes. it gets real real heated real quick, right? Because mm -hmm. we find we find out what the title of this show is about, right? With the, right. Hold on. Yeah. When he comes in on the scene, we find out what the title of this exact episode is about. Right. And this episode is titled "Because of Slavery." Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what? Lay it out for me. What do you think? So I mean. When I first saw that title, I'm like, okay, this speaks to the notion of systemic injustices that plague the black community and ultimately stem from white supremacy and the enslavement of African people in the U.S. Like Ooh. that is immediately, that's my, my Speak full on uh, elevator pitch <laughs> for this episode. But then I realized, you know, as we got into some more of the thematic nuances, so to speak, I guess, you know, it becomes more about the white gays because, okay, now, you know, now, whoa, 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 slow down. What is white gays? You got to talk about, oh. we got to describe, we've got <laughs> to explain these terms that are pulled up into the, in the episode. Right. So, what is white gays? To me, in my opinion, it is exactly like how he described it. Right. The way white America looks at black people in this country and it's, pass some sort of judgment. Is that right? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's what it's, do you think? So just just to be very clear, we're not saying G-A-Y-S. We're saying G-A-Z-E. No, G-A-Z. Like a <laughs> yes, stare right, gaze, or a uh -huh. gaze. Right. On looking or, or perception based on what is visible and apparent. Mm. And I think someone, I don't know if it's Kenya, says presentation equals acceptance or, or it's Drea. She actually breaks it down for us in terms of the systemic or the historic uh, meaning of it. Well, let's go back. It. Let's go mm -hmm. back. Let's go back. Okay. So when the assistant comes in, this is kind of how it's set up. When the assistant mm -hmm. comes in, he comments. Well, wait, what? wait, Aisha, it's actually set up for us with the cars. Remember the car exchange when they're outside of the, the country club or whatever they ah, had the party. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then the guy is like, you know, all of these microaggressions are mm -hmm. kind of being passed back and forth about the car. He goes, oh, you know, you're on Tokyo drift time. And he goes, really got like, Okay, yeah, really. so, you know, his car's orange and he's comparing it to the white guy's car. And it's about the perception of that vehicle and how it's sort of what it means. Status symbol. Right. This, right. Status what it means symbol. for Kenya. And right. so so now he's in, you know, Kenya Barris goes through this whole internal dialogue about white gays and he starts to verbalize that in the presence of Jewish boy, the assistant at the house. So he gets back to the house and he goes, did you notice how everybody's staring at us? And, right, and then they exactly. kind of get into the whole, right. right. But so why were they, why... exactly. And so there, as mm -hmm. he says, well, why are they staring at us? Because, oh, well, she, you know, for Joya, she says, well, we're an exceptionally good looking family. I mean, that could just be it. <laughs> 
I mean, right. duh, but no, she's like, and then, so you're like, no, 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 let's get into why they're really, really looking at us. Is it because of the way you're dressed? Is it because of mm-hmm. what you own? Is it because of what you're wearing, you know, what you've got around your neck, what you've got on your hands? What is it? Is that is that the reason? And so when the assistant comes in and... <laughs> He decides to comment on his clothing and his chain. Mm. It becomes some sort of introspective journey that Kenya decides to take. Like, am I walking around (laughs) having to show others all of the stuff that I have to be accepted? He goes, am I a coon? (laughs) (laughs) I died. I was like, oh, Uh, and and suddenly and suddenly the chain is like the perfect object placement for the symbol of his his need to like appease the white gaze yep you know and i thought that was pretty poignant pretty cool yeah i love i love i love that wow it the peacocking the the chain All of it, like, it just was, it was great. And that montage, I have to just take a small aside from the serious talk. Oh, the right. montage of him touching the car with, <laughs> lovingly and holding his chain and, mm-hmm. like, and, and like, running his, his, running his finger. <laughs> I need you to just think of it. Running his fingers through all the Gucci sweatsuits that he owns. And I just was like... I, I was just cracking up so, so hard. It was so funny. It reminded me of that song, Money, Cars, and Clothes. I uh-huh. can't remember who sings that. Lil Wayne, Swiss Beats? I think. Girl, <laughs> girl don't, don't, don't ask look, me to find look, somebody because I will not ever tell you the right person. I am the worst when it comes to artists and who sings what. But I do, I do know what you're talking about. I do. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. So as we get into it and we realize it's obvious that Kenya goes through this with his family on Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. weekly basis. I don't know. What do you think? Daily basis, weekly basis. He'll go into some sort of lecture that they're so used to it that they just act like it's just like. Right. And every once in a while, he'll make a good point. But most mm -hmm. of the time, it's just like white noise to them, I think. Hilarious. Right. And I. Right. No pun intended. Right. No pun intended. Right. I think it's interesting because what I'm reflecting on is is blackish, and I just it's my reference point because the show is so similar in mm-hmm. in nature and the family dynamic there. But it seems as if Kenya Barris needed a more descriptive or in-depth look into the thought process behind some of the themes that are embedded in blackish because these things come out, but we're just so perhaps desensitized. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the correct word, but thinking about, yeah, him giving more of a detailed picture into what's behind that and the work that goes, the thought that goes into well, um, I think content. I think if I agree with you, I think that if you look at Blackish as a series, it was really light in the beginning. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was never super super light, but I would say that it really kind of progressed. And mm-hmm. as the seasons went on, he got more raw in Blackish right. as much as he could. Right. I bet you on right. whatever network that was. So I, I think this is a great chance for him to really delve into maybe what was really still there on that bubbling under mm-hmm. that surface that he really wanted to capture. Right. So, the social commentary exactly. I and mean, there's themes of the strong black woman trope and white liberalism and colorism, mm-hmm. generational wealth, like all of these things are coming out in various ways in episode one alone, you know. And so, so I think it's really setting the stage for 
some of the deeper issues and nuances that are going to come out later in later episodes. So I'm really excited to see how it develops. Well, and also it's just really nice to see black families on TV, Netflix, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, network TV, whatever you want to say, in a, a sitcom format with unlimited wealth. It's it's here. We have so many black families that live this life and people just think that that's just is that that's just so strange. Right. Why is that strange? You know, for me, I thought that was extremely well placed. And I love that it can be, you know, showcased that way. I think it's interesting too how, as you said, there's representation here with a black family, but then There's also this culmination towards the end of the episode of solidarity, where they're coming together around this idea of what white gaze truly means. Because at first, Jojo doesn't buy it. She's like, ah, you're just talking. You know, that's what you do. Exactly. But then she starts to realize it in those scenes with John and Kara. Okay, yeah, yeah. That they go out to eat with. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that whole scene. I think Mm -hmm. this is the, this, you hit, you hit it right on the money. This is exactly what happened. She's just probably so sick. You know, when you have your spouse that talks about certain things constantly, sometimes you just drown them out, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even though we don't want to, I'm sure it happens. (laughs) We drown them out and we're like, they're just talking and we're, we're over it. But she, um, yeah, she's like, wait a minute. Things all came to a head when they got together with her. I wouldn't even call her friend. I mean, what did she say? These are just oh, man. Old, they had some an old barbs. law school, uh, <laughs> an old law school uh, colleague that she had. And the worst kind of white, the liberal. worst kind of white liberal. <laughs> I died. I was like, yes, that is. So she's working at Greenpeace as their general okay. counsel. Big job. Yeah. And she's kept saying Greenpeace and we're taking an emissions friendly drive up the coast and in the vault and the whole thing and making Joya feel like she mm-hmm. was the world's, like the world's worst person right. for defending a criminal when they were in law school or wanting mm-hmm. to defend criminals or something she, when anybody deserves <laughs> counsel she's that you know she goes and what kind of law do you even practice anymore like <laughs> it was really it was very mean, very was, lots of jabs lots of jabs. right lots of barbs and uh-huh, jabs uh-huh. and i liked how smooth the pettiness was between she and jojo and jojo was like oh what wait what were you saying about your little house with no electricity? Like it was just super <laughs> it was smooth funny. with it. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, it was right, a very, I, very uncomfortable scene to watch. <laughs> right. But, but, well but I love, I like to look at when I watch shows like this, I, I tend to become fascinated with the writing behind it. And so I'm thinking, man, the writing is so keen and yeah. sharp. And yeah. The fact that we were uncomfortable just speaks to the, the strength of the writing yes. there. I thought it was great. Let's talk about what happens in this um, this dinner that sets it off. <laughs> oh, uh, when- well, Robert De Niro shows up. Bobby D. Hey, Bobby D. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, Bob- this is Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> he didn't hear me. He didn't hear me. <laughs> oh, perfect. It was it was so cool. Um, yeah. So they end up having all of these various exchanges and and you can fill in the gaps for me here but then by the end there's this moment where the light bulb goes off for Jojo and she goes you were right mm-hmm. and she's like that's when i figured it out it's right. white gaze it's white gaze. but it was all because her their what happened when oh, you press yeah, yeah. when you press right. a parent mm-hmm. about and you bring their children into it which is how there it you happened go. there you go their daughter, chloe called and she had her purple hair 
mm. on her FaceTime or whatever. And so they saw her. The Cardi B The Cardi B the and made a comment. Like, hey, girl. Oh, you got that? <laughs> that's hip hip hop. So hip hop. <laughs> You know, and so that's right. when it all kind of like went. And then we're like, why is it hip hop? What is hip hop about purple hair? Why is it that a black mm. woman with purple hair has to be hip hop? Mm. When a white why woman, that? When, a, mm-hmm. when a woman, I shouldn't say, let's say any other race come mm-hmm. up with some white hair and people may not say that that's hip hop. It would just be like, oh, how colorful. Right. You, you or know, unique or, or unique or different. So Artsy. all of a sudden it becomes <laughs> a comparison to Cardi B and Cardi B being just so fun. She's just so right. And they're like, well, what's so fun about it? Liddy. Liddy. What's a Liddy? What's a Liddy? <laughs> and it, 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 they had no idea what they were saying. They had no clue. Right. And what it showed them was that it wasn't okay. Like there was no, the, the, re, the when they said that there was no reason mm-hmm to bring any of that up. And there was no reason to like, and, uh, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Right. I'll let you talk. And, and in that moment, and I wrote this, I wrote this down in my, in my notes about the show, just thinking about it. It was an intersection or crossover between white appropriation of black vernacular and mm. microaggressions. Okay, and whoa. microaggressions, I know. Slow, it's a big, slow, it's a no, big I know. one. Slow back, go back. <laughs> no, no, I mean, so, I get you. I want so, you to take it slower. R- Right. So white appropriation of black vernacular. So in the moment when, for example, is it John? John, yeah. John and mm-hmm. John, John says and Kara, lit. Yeah. He says lit. And then Kara corrects him and says Liddy, right. you know, because they are interacting with Chloe in that moment. They are trying to make sense or, or be relevant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to, you know, what they consider appropriate for for black Converse or, gotcha. or for that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I just found it interesting that they they mix that, you know, they had that uh, moment mm-hmm. of an intersection between those two. And then so the other part you said the the microaggression yeah. was the mention of hip hop and Cardi B. Mm-hmm. So like you like you you've already described that sort of stereotype is being, you know, it's it's kind of an there's an under current of stereotyping right mm-hmm. there. Yep. So, uh, yes, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, that's exactly what that was. I just felt like it. I don't know. It, <laughs> they handled it very well in my the way that the they wrote this scene, you know, was handled very well. They were very calm and they were very they were petty. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> but at the same time, it was and, it was done well. It was done well. It was. In, and it wasn't on purpose on, you know, John and Kara's part. No, like microaggressions no, are usually never just, on, they're, they're never on purpose, no. but black people pick up on them right away. It's almost immediate. And they, I mean, it was a slam dunk of pettiness from there. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, yeah. now we're teaming up. And my question um, is, do you think they learned anything? I mean, obviously, if we were to have this exact type of conversation in real life, say something like that happened with you or with me, the way that they handle it, I don't know if anybody would have learned anything from that. Do you think they even learned anything? Do you think they even got it? Or no? It was just like, okay, well, I think that they felt that it was uncomfortable. Like, yeah, we got to skedaddle. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which they did quickly. So they picked up on that. But did you think they learned anything from that? And how can we make those conversations better? That's my question. Like, how do we make it better? I think in reality, I think yes and no. And is it too exhausting? 
to it's exhausting that's the other problem i i think you know we're not necessarily as black people obligated to educate white people on these things i think they're responsible for educating themselves on these these various areas so i think that's that's important um that's important to to have that conversation that's another conversation but i think in the moment when kenya barris begins asking them questions like why does that why is purple hair you know intriguing or what what is it about purple hair and Mm -hmm. they kind of begin to ask the right questions instead of just basically imparting like no 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 jojo then cleans it up and says i don't really care what you what your opinion is about my child i have no interest she said i have no interest no interest my children with you and what whatever they look like or have on the head right so that that kind of is you know I love that line. They've, they've sandwiched me too. I, I thought it was really great, but she basically closes it out with that. And I think that kind of is, that hits the nail on the head for mm-hmm. that conversation. So they perhaps learned, I, d- I didn't see, you know, I would have to see those characters again. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, we will see if they make their, mm-hmm. make a return to the uh, show. Oh, <laughs> I have a feeling that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> just, no, I don't a, think so. Just a hunch. <laughs> so, and then, but then as they come together, you know, I love that at the end there, they come together like, hey, you know, we're one, you know, what I thought was hilarious, though, they were saying, we're not going to go to San Francisco, right? Well, duh. she's like, hell no. Why would you even ask that, Kenya? We're, we're not going to San Francisco. Well, right. obviously, you ain't going to San Francisco. And we're, and we're not going to stay in a year. We're going to stay in the, in the, you know, penthouse suite. <laughs> God, I was laughing so hard. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was funny. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's talk about some of my favorite parts of the show. One, the music. Oh, the music soundtrack the music. is hype. Such a great soundtrack. So good. Oh. Uh, do you feel old, or do you feel like no? Or do we I'll feel relevant you and young? I'm just kidding. No. I'm young. I don't know about you. No, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, I'm I'm definitely young. I'm definitely young. So I'm a millennial. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, me too. Well, right. You're right. But I, this was this was <laughs> this was super Generation Z all over. All Andreas. over. Right. And I love and and I this this is the other thing too. I love how Barris relies on the voice of a of a younger Drea who's in Generation Z, obviously, and has that 21st century voice and and. I guess the the common slang and and lingo, so to mm-hmm. speak, of like that age that age group. It's and having you know being I'm a former high school teacher too, so I absolutely love yeah. Drea's age group. Uh, I mean, those oh, are the okay. kids that I taught two and three years ago. That age group, and so um, so that hits that hits totally, close to you, huh? Oh, definitely, yeah. most definitely. And for her to be creating her own documentary she's so that's smart so something I so would, oh absolutely absolutely that's witty the agency right yeah. witty and i love and, that they also like call each other asshole and dicks like i love <laughs> i was just gonna say that like a totally and it's all it's all embedded and it's it's well timed you know but you yeah. know with with a black mother and a black father now it wasn't happening okay <laughs> it wasn't happening that's so. that's definitely 2020 okay because oh absolutely when absolutely. we were growing up uh no i could not call my my father a dick right. or oh, you're such funny. an asshole or say anything <laughs> like that well well, he really was. He was like that. That is not it at all. Like your hair is awful. He's like, <laughs> and she's, you're no. all terrible people. <laughs> and then he tells Jojo, "You're a terrible mother." <laughs> it's just, I, I love that. Um, 
what's so unique about that is the authenticity. Yes, that, that's that comes. Oh, across, they keep it know? real for sure. They do. I love they it. They keep it, it real, and I just it, <laughs> and it's kind of funny because as a parent, for me, you know, we know better, we do better, we you know, we grow. For me, as a parent, like I feel like. There are things, you know, of course, that I grew up with that I feel are important to instill in my own kids. But then there are things that I don't put too much stock into, like the way that we would communicate. It doesn't have to be so serious. It doesn't always have to be so I'm not my my kids respect me. I'm not going to say that Um, I command a respect for sure. But also, I want them to be free to be able to speak the way that they want to speak to me. You know, they don't have to edit what they are going to say. So especially mm-hmm. as they get older, you know, my teenagers and stuff like that, if they want to say some things, they can say some things. I'm not going to kill them if they slip and say a bad word here and there. I'm not we, we're not calling each other dicks, but, you know, hey, right. it's it is what it is. So I enjoyed that. Uh, just maybe that's just part of the whole the the show, too, you know, to kind of grab you it and is. be like, it's- oh, my gosh, these people are funny. It's part of, you know, the irreverent nature exactly. of the show overall. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Most like, and also I have to, I have to talk about the, can we talk about the wardrobe real fast? Because you know, I like some clothes and some jewelry, all of it. I'm totally digging JoJo's mom style. Me too. Hardcore, hardcore. And then he's like, did you shower? That's cute. Like, I really like it. Are you wearing Gucci? What are those Gucci dungarees? She's like, no, (laughs) Givenchy. I was like, I said, yes. <laughs> I'm loving yeah. it. It's great. It's Even the, understated, but still classic. Very, very you know? Yeah. And the kids uh-huh. look, the kids are very cool. Cool. I mean, the, he looks good, you know, his in his sweatsuits, his Gucci right. suits, his, you know, all the different, oh my God, he's got, oh my gosh, I can't even, all the stuff that they, he pulls out, these shoes, the suits, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm digging the whole aesthetic of the show. Oh, yes. The For the sure. fashion, the color, the color, the house, mm-hmm. you know, the layout, right. all of the stuff, all of the stuff they have. I mean, and it's very, even, very interesting. Even to the, see. right, even the unique uh, hairstyle, mm, uh, hairstyle yes. of the daughters, particularly the three girls. I love, I love the three girls. Yeah. And at the end, not towards the end, when they're sitting together and they're talking about their parents, I thought that was really cute yeah. how they were all like, yeah, this is, but they all sort of represented themselves in a unique way. They all are very, very different. see them. Mm-hmm. It's just this, it's a gorgeous palette. It's a great palette. It is. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to really just get into the season with you mm-hmm. and like, you know, digest and talk about these episodes and what they're going to have to bring to the table because there's going to be a lot of stuff that we've got to talk with you guys about we hope that you continue to watch with us and really really get into this show because it is spectacular i'm interested to get into some of the the perhaps some of the problems that come up too because i know there's right now there's a commentary that's ongoing about rashida jones character so hopefully we'll get into that a little bit more as we get up go along is that what the (laughs) Before we end, is that what the internet's is saying right now? Is that what's happening? The internets are speaking. Black Twitter has spoken about certain aspects of the show. But I I, I think I'm interested to see what sort of informs, I guess, or develops. Yeah, yeah, it develops over time in terms of the show Uh, itself. In terms of her or the show? Are you mean, are you talking about? I'm thinking, I'm... I'm interested to see what folks have to say about Rashida Jones' character in terms of her placement in the show. Okay, okay. I I, mm-hmm. I feel you. This show only dropped uh, the 17th of April. So and here we are on mm-hmm. the 18th making this podcast. So just yesterday, you know, there's people who've already binged the whole thing now. True. 
so they got stuff to say. So we are going to definitely get into that more, checking out what's being said, like you said, on Black Twitter, on Reddit, on wherever people are talking. And we're going to get into that and more on the second episode in our podcast. So we'll cover the second episode of the show and the second episode of our podcast. So I am excited. Can't wait to discuss it. Thank you so much for listening. This is Aisha. And this is Ashley. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.